Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. I'm excited. I love that song, not just because I love to welcome the Holy Spirit, but because I do have a pet peeve, which is my personal, and it might be yours after this, but where we're constantly asking Holy Spirit to come, 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 come. He's right here in me, so where I go, he goes. I love what they say, welcome, because I can invite you to something, and you're present, you've come, but you may not feel welcome. So every time you're singing a song and they go, come, 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 switch it to welcome, welcome. Then you won't get an attitude. <laughs> that's, that's got absolutely no, well, it does because it concerns the Holy Spirit. But I'm so excited to be sharing with you. This was, I was scheduled to speak months ago. And then um, with what happened with Rod, we kind of postponed. Then we got a lot, literally last-minute trip to go to Alaska and then on to Japan, and then we had to try and get, anyway, so here we are. I am so grateful. We are going to be speaking on the spiritual gifts, and this is going to be very practical, and then we've had Barry for a long time. Where's Barry? Yay, so I look forward to you next year, Barry, because Barry has a very, very important upcoming event, 80 years old. Isn't that amazing? You've got at least another 25. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I want you to know that every single person on the face of this earth, God has given you a unique spiritual gift. Every single one of us. And I also want to ask you, how many of you are ministers? Okay, everybody put your hands up, please. Every single one of you. Now I want you all to take this arm and do this. Well done, little minister. Every single one of us are ministers, and I, I wrote this. Every person has a unique and beautiful gift and ability to offer their church family and the community. So how many of you love getting gifts? How many of you love giving gifts? How many of you love both? I love both. <laughs> so this evening, I hope we're going to break this into three weeks of teaching. The last week, the third week is going to be very practical, and we're going to have loads of fun. And I will let Jerry testify just before we go out on that night of what happened to him when we did acts of services, acts of service when you went to Publix. He chose a place to go and put the carts back and help people, and he got reported for being what? What did they say you were? A creeper. <laughs> oh, and I think Jerry's got it written on his head. <laughs> he went to serve and help and got reported. So, but we're going to have fun on the third week. But I'm, I've got the next slide is this is what I want you to do is we are going to take a look. God's given us, there are three different sections of gifts that I want to cover. I'm going to do two of them in depth tonight, then the motivational gifts next week and give you something to go home with. But I am so intrigued about the gift that God has given me, aren't you? 
that I don't want to just have a gift. If I give you a gift and you don't unwrap it, what is the point of the gift? And so many of us have that inside of us, but we've never tapped into it. We've never bothered to look. What is the gift that God has uniquely given me so that I, in turn, can be more effective out there? So at Christmas time, how many of you know what biltong is? Or um, druevos, which is jerky and dried, how do you say, what is dried sausage? So at Christmas, I had got that for Rod. I had wrapped it in brown paper. I had put Ziploc bags and another Ziploc bag, and I wrapped it up for Christmas. And our friend came to stay with us who has a dog. So I thought, like, five Ziploc bags, and, well, the next morning, Maggie had the best gift ever. <laughs> but, you know, I, it taught me something of the tenacity of that dog to, I can smell something is good in here, and whether I've got to chew through five layers of plastic and paper and probably get into trouble the next morning, it's worth it. So I want us to have that passion of finding out, God, what is the gift that you've given me that I can not only unwrap, get excited about, but use it? I have a saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. I have another saying, ladies, if in doubt, chuck it out. Should I keep this or not? The answer is no, you are doubtful. So I'm going to give you the three M's. I like to call it the three M's so that you can see the three different sections of the gifts. The first one is the motivational gifts. So these are all spiritual gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so essential to have Holy Spirit in our lives. And I, how many of you remember the finger of the, the Trinity of the Father? How do you define the Trinity of the Father? three people in one. We'll put your pointy finger up like this. One finger bend it. How many parts? But it's one finger. That's exactly the same with God the Father. He is one person, but you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all working together for one. And that's where we are going to work through these. So we have the motivational gifts, which is Romans 12, verses 4 to 8. The ministry gifts, completely different, Ephesians 4.11, and then we have the manifesting gifts, 1 Corinthians 12.8-10. Wow, this is, you could get a bit of a headache after this. I feel like I'm back in the 80s. I do too, I remember it. <laughs> well, you were the same age as me. <laughs> you need to understand that these gifts were not written primarily for one individual or for the church. It was for both. It was for the individual so that you could in turn receive that gift, turn around and hand it out to others. So I love what Lynn Swart got us to do once. So all of you put your hands up, please. So it's, we're gonna reach out to God, receive from God and it goes where? Into my heart and my spirit. So it can go where? Out to others. So you can do the little dance, you know. It's I want to see you do it, Ian. No. <laughs> Up, in, out. 
It can't just be up and in, up and in, up and in, because you're going to become a dead sea. You've got to have the out. But then it can't just become out, 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 and no. So we have to. And why do we need these gifts? Why do we need them? It prevents weakness and imbalance in the body. That's why. If you have an imbalanced body, you'll see it's because people are not operating in their gifts. So we want to, I'm going to give you an example. Gifts can be directly opposite. And if you understand how the gifts work, we will have a lot more unity within the body of Christ. When Rod and I first got married, heaven help Rod, it was worse for him than me. I was... Not anymore. I'm an ex extrovert. I was an extreme extrovert. Way I way, way out there. This one was extreme introvert. So can you imagine what our first year of marriage was like? <laughs> but you know what? Because we admired, admonished, and accepted each other's difference, we worked it through. I learned what made his heart beat and what he wanted and his giftings and he learned mine. And after a year of, it was hard. I honestly, it's the best thing we've ever done and I thank God for that year because we learned a lot accelerated in one year that has taken people sometimes a whole marriage to learn. So it also understanding your gift gives the understanding of others and brings unity. So desire the gifts and I want to ask you, this is another thing that has bothered me in the past. Do you desire the gift so that you can look better? Or do we desire the gift so that he can look better? If you are desiring the gift so you can look better, you're going to start um, comparing. And then you're going to be disgruntled. Why did you give them that gift and not me? Because now you've made it all about you and not about him. Hey, when I made my children, same mom, same dad, same procedure as last year, Miss Sophie. <laughs> they are so different. So different. Correct? So... If that's how our children are, why don't we expect God to do the same? Where every He has taken a specific gift that he knows is just for Gerald, and I think there's only one of its kind. Just for me, just for Maria, just for you. And he's saying, you take that gift. I've given it to you. Don't compare. But the reason we compare is because we make one gift more important than the other, and they're not. They're all needed. Amen? Salvation was by faith. We have our gifts by faith, and we've got to use them. So motivation is a desire, a drive, a prompting, or an incentive. And I'm going to cover that a lot more later. But I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware other scriptures say, I don't want you to be ignorant. So what does that mean? It's important. I want you to know there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. 
So whatever gift you have, you have, you have, you have different gifts, same spirit. He says there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So the spiritual gifts, let's have a look at that one. The gifts, they completely fit together. So what's happened is each one of you are a unique puzzle piece of the family, which is your gift. You are a gift to the body of Christ. When we all work together and put those gifts together, what happens? We have a beautiful picture. But if we don't and we're trying to compete with each other and compare and strive, what happens? It's a mess. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't like doing puzzles. I like doing the outside, the border, and then I'm done. If, especially if it's a big one. I'll find a piece and go, you will fit. Yep, next, yes, you will fit. That's not how God is. How many of you like doing puzzles? God bless you. Especially, you spend all that time doing it, and then you take it apart again. I'm like, hello. Unless you're going to glue it and stick it on the wall, and who knows. But it's not just for you. You've got to understand the gift is there so that you can serve others more effectively. It's God always says, I'm sorry to burst your little bubble. God always has more in mind than you. He loves you, but he has more in mind than you. We are a family. That's how he designed and created us to be. So if you can get it in you to desire that gift, not only so you can be better, but so that others too can be better for, for having it. Amen? And that's 1 Peter 4.10. So now we're going to go into the five ministry gifts. So you've got the ministry, manifesting, and motivational. All of you, put your hands up like this, please. Okay, five. I love it how there are five ministry, and then you get the seven, and then you get the nine. Ephesians 4, verses 8, 11 to 13. I think I'm going to knock this over. The scripture says, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Whose people? His people. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Why? Why? It's one thing to say he gave them. Very important to understand why. Because we have, an ups we have had an upside-down church where we've had the giftings, the fivefold ministry, the whole body must support the fivefold ministry. So the house has been upside down. If you understand the why, it says to equip who? His people for works of service. And I love what, it's, what it says in the ESV. It says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what's happened is, I wish I had a bigger one of these, but what we've done in the church is that we have taken all the gifts and the giftings and everything else, poured it in like this over the church. So we all want to preach, teach, whatever, 
in the church, in the building, in here. It's supposed to be this way. Where it all pours in here, but it goes out. And I honestly believe the last move of God that we had when people were running to a place, I don't believe we're going to see that ever again. I'm not saying it was wrong, but what happened is people were going to a place for God rather than seeking God right where he is. It's not going to be a one-person thing or a one-place thing. Like Rod prayed earlier on, it's going to be everywhere, in the schools, the marketplace. You're just going to be walking in the street and your shadow is going to fall on someone. And nobody is going to be able to take the credit. Amen? So, let's start with the thumb. That's the apostle. Why have we chosen the thumb? Because honestly, if you look at the apostles in Scripture, they were a bit weird. They were kind of stuck out on a limb. Serious? So he's, I mean, these four are cohesive, and this one's kind of stuck out. So they were the adventurous ones. So that's the apostle, one sent by the Lord for specific Christian service. Now, these are gifts put in the body of Christ by whom? By God, not appointed by man. And that's why we have a bit of an issue where, and I am an advocate for Bible schools. I love our Bible school, and I commend you, Kimmy. I really do. But here's the but. You're not going to Bible school so that you can then get a certificate so you can then be put in fivefold ministry. Bible school doesn't qualify you. Holy Spirit calls you, appoints you, and qualifies you. I know lots of people that know a thousand times more than me. It's not in the knowing. It's in knowing who's calling you and who's putting you out there. The next one, prophet pointing the direction. The prophet points the direction. He's a proclaimer of God's word. And again, the apostle and the prophet. Again, we've had an upside down church because we've had the apostles and the prophets putting themselves as the roof of the church, overseeing the church, lording it over the church, telling the church what to do, whereas Scripture says the apostles and the prophets are the foundation. Underneath, they set what's happening, and they undergird it, support it, and build from there. So, And I'm only saying this to try and bring a balance to the gifts, and that's why the body of Christ has been hurt so much. Because everybody wants to be a prophet, an apostle, or I learned something new here, a bishop, or a first lady. I've shared this before, but we went, we went to a church, a big church, hadn't been there before, and the pastor got up and he said, we'd like to welcome the first lady. So I, our family were there, I said, Laura Bush is here. So up jumps this lady and waves, and then the pastor goes, no, no, honey, sit down. So she sits down. I'm going, oh, well, was she Laura Bush's proxy? He says, that wasn't loud enough. Let's welcome the first lady. And I was like, oh, God, help me. So I was getting my attitude right, so I was doing this. Next thing, Rod nudges me, and there's my face on the screen. <laughs> I was sorting my attitude out. So, 
There is no one that's more important than the other, but we've made it more important, haven't we? So we have everybody competing and trying to be this when God has called you to be that. Let's just be content with who God's called us to be. The next, I, okay, read between the lines. The long one. I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> that one. <laughs> the middle one. <laughs> Why is it the enemy always has to just take something simple and make it so bad? Anyway, that one is the stirrer. The evangelist, that's why it's the longer finger. It stirs up, proclaimer of God's word, mostly to non-Christians. We have the evangelist. Then we have the pastor, the ring finger, married to the flock, oversees and cares for the needs of the people. Then the last one is the little pinky, which brings kind of the balance. Take that one away, and it kind of looks imbalanced. Just take that off, and then you just have that stub. That is the teacher. He brings the balance, one who clarifies and preserves the truth. So can you see why we need the five-fold ministry within the local body? All of us functioning together so we can stir people up, so we can care for each other, so that we can make sure we stay true to the word. There is a difference between a gift and a ministry. You've got to understand that's very important. Big difference between a gift and a ministry. Romans 12, verse 6, it says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I love that. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much faith as God has given you. In other words, take the gift that I've given you and do it with all your might because you have almighty God and Holy Spirit backing you. Yeah, the apostles, the apostles and the prophets, God is putting them in the right place to help undergird and build what has existed today. The foundation has been set and Christ is our solid rock. So now we're going to go into the nine manifesting gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. It says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. That is the manifesting spirits. Now you'll see teaching, I mean, sorry, manifesting. You'll see teaching and uh, prophetic within the same bunch. You've got to understand they're different. The fivefold ministry, prophetic, and teaching is very different to the manifesting gifts and the motivational gifts. And I'm going to explain that to you. 1 Corinthians 28, verse 30. And God is appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And I love verse 29 in the message. It says, because what he was saying is, I haven't given everything to everybody to use all the time. Yes, we have access, but why? 
He says, that makes it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. If you had all the gifts and everything within you, why would you need him? Why would we need each other? If I complete myself, if I'm the eye, the arm, the, why would I need any of you? He's done this so that we can work together in unity and be a force together. Amen? The manifesting gifts can be put into three groups, and I'm going to give you the three groups. The first set is the revelation gifts. So there's nine of them, but we're going to divide them into three groups of three. So the first one is the revelation gifts. That's the word of knowledge, the word of discernment, and the word of wisdom. So you can see, and I'll go a little bit more into these later. These are the, re the revealing specific insights from God's perspective. So this is God's perspective. The next one is the speaking gifts. We have the three of them, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. And it's interesting if you read scripture, often when he talks about tongues, it is there for the non-believer. Don't have a look. So why have we kept it to just in these walls? And then when somebody comes in here and is non-believer, we're like, please, please just keep. I've been, listen, I've been in both extremes. I've been in the extreme where everybody's speaking in tongues and it's havoc. There's, he's a God of order. And I've been other places where people just won't let you do it. I think we've got to bring the balance and come back to what it's supposed to be. Amen? And it doesn't, it's not manufactured. So that's the speak, three speaking gifts, which is a revelation of God's plan and instructions accordingly. Then we have the three power gifts. Don't we all want the power gifts? Faith, healing, and miracles. Faith is knowing God's will for a specific matter. Healing, which is, of course is restoration of spirit, soul, and body, not just physical healing. So when everybody's focused on the physical healing, I'm like, they need mental healing. Most of the time, if the mental healing gets sorted out, the physical healing gets sorted out. Then miracles, accomplishing God's will through supernatural acts. And that was the example of this. Let's make sure that this is us. So when I go out, I just expand this way. This is not my only platform. Amen? Okay, here we get to the seven motivational gifts. Are you all still with me? These, this is what, all of you do this. Where's your heart? Wherever it is. This is what, the motivational gift is what your, makes your heart beat. It what makes you tick. It's the very thing that God has given you, and through that is how you're going to do everything else in life and in ministry. Now, I had an issue with this for a long time because I don't like to be put in a box. How many of you like, don't like to be boxed? And I would sometimes say to him, well, I don't want to just be mercy. I want to be this too and this and this. And you know, I stopped finding it a long time ago where I realized God knows me. He designed me. He made me. 
And if that's how he made me, why do we get so where if God says, this is what I want you to do, no question, just do it. We just, it's like I shared on Sunday, we, we want to know so much. We're so nosy. Whereas God knows what's best for us. And I have done these tests, and next week I'm going to give them to you. We're going to sit. I'll expound on each one of them. We're going to find out what that gift is. And I've done it for years, and it's never changed. Never. I, have a, I am a mercy. I have a mercy-motivated gift. But my next highest, which is a contradiction, is prophetic. But it's actually a good balance. Because mercy is, I feel for you first, Prophetic is, but I'm going to give you the correction, and then I'll love you again. <laughs> so Rod always says, I can correct someone, with a sm- and they'll leave smiling, thinking I've just, ex- which I have. That is we, where I shared the two binary truths on Sunday about the hard love, soft love. And this is a gift, not gifts. We have the gifts of the Spirit where it comes to the fivefold ministry to the others. Here, God gives us a gift, and I'm going to give you the scripture later on just to show you so that you, if we all had to operate Monday in this one, Tuesday in this one, we're going to think you're bipolar. God's not bipolar. He knows what's good for us. So the first one, there are seven, which I love, is God's perfect number. The first one is prophecy. So that's the I. Now, this is not a prophetic gifting. This is the motivation of prophecy, prophetic uh, motivation. You love to identify good and evil. They are very frank, outspoken, to the point, usually. Now, if you understand the gift that God has placed in a person, you won't get so offended. Or you'll get to work around them and go, Lisa, add a little bit of grace there. Don't be so blunt. Or you're actually being too soft. You need to confront the issue. We will understand each other's heartbeat and motive. They call people to repentance, very frank, very to the point. Okay, serving is the hand. I don't even have to tell you what his motivational gift is. Everything Rod does, eat, breathe, sleep, think, pastor, teach, is through a servant heart. We will walk in through that door and Rod's looking around and he's making sure, okay, every chair is in place, the lights are working. Me, I make a beeline for the people. I'm giving you a hug. Then Rod goes and gives everybody a hug. He wants to make sure everything's good, everybody's comfortable. But what a good balance. We go on a Sunday, Rod goes his way, I go my way. When we get home, it's so nice because we've just about covered where, where I'm not strong, he is, and vice versa. So do you see how those gifts, you don't even notice the weakness because we mesh and blend together for a whole. But if we're competing, again, that's where that iron sharpens iron. If we're competing, we're going to cut each other. So the servant, their, their motivation is to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs. They are a practical person. They see the need in the body. They are result-oriented. That's what motivates them. The next one is the mouth, the teacher. And I'm going to show you next week, give you some examples, and you're going to laugh because you will see it explicitly. We'll do one situation 
and go through how the different people with the different gifts will respond to that situation. In other words, if I spill something on the ground, Rod's going to run up and want to clean it. The teacher-motivated person's going to want to go, well, what's the lesson in this? <laughs> See the difference? The mercy person is, oh, I hope he feels okay. He made a mess on the floor. The exhorter will be encouraging, Rod. Oh, it's okay, Rod, it's only water. Do you see the difference? So every single one of us will see the same thing but respond differently because of what God's placed within us, which is so good because then everything gets covered. All right, so that's the teacher, the exhorter. That's the ear. Then motivation is to stir up faith in others. They love to walk alongside individuals and urge them forward. They're better on a one-on-one -on -one or a small group than in a big group. They want to take you along, encourage you quietly, just get you going, make sure that everything's okay. That's the encourage. Now, I want to tell you, we are called to do operate in all seven of these. Doesn't exclude any of them, but one of them will be what motivates you to do all of the others. The next one is the giver. So we always just think of money, don't we? It's not just money. They love to give and encourage everyone else to give. They pursue hospitality, and they are motivated to give in several different ways. Things, gifts, um, whatever it is, they just want to give and serve. And everything they do is a motivation of giving and gifts or whatever it is. Money, finances, hospitality, food, meals that can come my way. Number six is the organizer or the leader. And I drew a face profile for that. They love to set goals. You'll find someone that has that organization. I think you might be that, Sarah, back there. Is everything, you, you might look at them and think, man, why are they so? Because they are an organizer. And thank God for the organizers. There's nothing more frustrating for an organizer than someone who's just, but there's nothing more frustrating for the just and the organizer. You can't just float your way through life, but you can't just have strict. When we were in Japan, I was, first, Rod and I were so hit by the, um, they obey the rules. Very obedient, very respectful, just on time, it's, one, it's got the most people, one city in the world. They have a five or six way, it's like downtown New York, but they have these different walkways. In America, if it says don't walk and it's red, but nobody's there, we all walk, don't we? It's like, oh, well, not one person, not one Thousands upon thousands of people just stand there. We got onto the subway, which is like a city in itself. You get into the train, nobody says a word. Not one word. It's not one train, two trains, everywhere. The discipline and the structure. Then they get onto the train. So the person that's sitting here sits like this. Usually we just stand and hang on. They don't. They turn, they take their backpack, turn it forward, and hang on like this, facing this person. Then the person this side does the same. We just do our own thing. But, here's the but, 
at first, and the kids, I did not see one misbehaved child, not one in the biggest city in the world. That just proves it can't be taught, by the way. <laughs> but after being there a few days, my heart ached to where I was like, there's such rigidity that I wanted to just say, somebody, just lighten up a bit, <laughs> you know, please. I mean, we're whispering in the subway, and then there's... I should, so that's why I'm saying there's the balance between the organizer and the airy fairy. Put both of them together, and you've got a good balance. So the organizer loves to set goals and likes to get people involved to get the goals done. I'm not just going to set the goals, but I'm going to help you too to accomplish them. And there's nothing, they're all, remember, not one is more important than the other. They like to lead and organize. Then the seventh one is mercy, which I did the heart. Again, no, no one is more important than the other. So the mercy is the empathizer, the feeler of the body, feels the emotion and the needs of others and, and is caring. Here's the downside. I, I've learned and I've grown, but I used to be so caring that I would just say, I'll pick on Maria because she knows me. And she won't get offended. Just say Maria has a problem. So I'm so caring, so I now take on her problem too. So guess what? Now we've got two problems. I haven't helped her one stitch. I've just multiplied. So our greatest strength, our gift not used correctly can actually be our greatest sabotage. And I've had to learn I can be responsible to you, but I'm not responsible for you. There are, that, that scripture where it says, bear one another's burdens. I can help bear your burden, but it says each one's got to carry their own load. And we get it mixed up. We start carrying everybody's load. So the next slide I'm going to show you is the heart. So that is your motive. What is it? One of those is what motivates you, makes you tick, give, drives you. Out of that, all the others come. So I am motivated out of mercy when I, when I operate in the prophetic, when I operate in serving. It's all, it's, most of the time, it's out of mercy. So we're going to help you find out what that is. And again, if you don't like to be boxed, that's fine. But I've made friends with it. I don't see it as a box. Do you know that they have proven, they did a, um, a, a thing in England, in London. They have a lot of roundabouts in England. And they put a bunch of children in one of the circles, and they told the kids to play. Roundabout, that's what you call them. And those children stayed in the middle and hardly played at all. Then they went and they put a fence around that roundabout, and the kids went right to the boundary line and played. Because God sets boundaries around us for our sake and for our protection. So I don't see this as a box or a restriction. I see it as a healthy boundary that God has set in place. I can hardly handle one motivational gift, so why would I want all seven? Amen? They're all wonderfully made. Romans 12, verses 3 to 8, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion of faith, if serving in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And the, the difference between the motivational gifts and the spiritual gifts, I've get, put them there and you can just put that down, is 1 Corinthians 12, 4, where it says it's the diversity of gifts. Then Corinthians 12, 5, the diversity of ministries. Then the next scripture, 12, 6, the diversity of their operations. And then 12, 8 to 10, the manifestations, the effects, and the results. I forget this is a teaching, so you go take this, go home and check it out for yourself. The Bible says, study to show yourselves approved. One of these motivates you, but we are commanded to operate in all seven. Amen? The motivating gift works through your ministry gift and your positional gift. So here you have your motivational gift. Rod and I are called to pastor. We pastor through our gift. You get that? So if you don't understand what your gift is, Hopefully by the end of this, you will. We are commanded to do the gift. We're not asked. It's not a suggestion. It, it's not the 10 suggestions, is it? It was the 10 commandments. God doesn't suggest it. And how do we know that we only have one? And I'm going to wrap this up earlier. And I'm going to show you the scriptures because a lot of people get confused and want to operate in all of them. We work through all of them, but we don't operate in all of them. And how do we know? Romans 12, verses 4 to 5, it says we have a function, not functions. It is singular, not plural. Romans 12, 17, concentrate on the one he has given. The one we have been given. doesn't say several. 2 Timothy 1, 6, stir up what? The gift, not the gifts, singular. There's lots more. 1 Timothy 4.4, do not neglect the gift that is in you. So let us work together and not against each other because we are better together. Amen? So has that helped you differentiate between the three? It's a lot, but there are three separate things, and we have to learn not to confuse the three. If you are prophetically motivated, it does not make you a prophet. If you are teacher motivated, it does not make you a teacher. There is a big difference. So are there any questions? Yes. Oh, okay. The prophecy was the eye serving the hand. Teacher is the mouth. The exhortation is the ear. The giver is the dollar sign just because I couldn't, or a meal, you could do a little chicken with legs sticking out. <laughs> the organizer is the face profile, because they like to put their face in the business and make sure it's organized, and mercy was the heart. I would have, I wanted, I had, Fred was away today, and I wanted to add a bit more to the slides, but I had to have it sent earlier, so, um, but he did a good job, and I appreciate him, and thank you to the team. Are there any other questions? Do some of you kind of feel like you know just off this that you know what your gift is or are you still 
We're gonna, I'm going to give you a really, really good rounded questionnaire that we're going to fill out. And there's, what I love about this is there's no right and there's no wrong. And you all pass. <laughs> I wish that was my life at school. I mean, I did pass, but I hated exams. I hated tests. This is not a test. This is just for you to find out. Any other questions? You all good? Gerald, please can you pray for us? Thank you.